to the Scaling Therapy Practice, where we encourage practice owners, private practice owners, and people in the helping field to take small steps towards big growth. My name is James Marland. As a little bit of an introduction to this show, I wanted to just highlight uh, our show notes. Like, There's some resources in the show notes that you're going to want to see. The Kajabi online tool, the teachable tool. Uh, the book by James Clear, the podcast episode, I believe, that is referenced uh, from the online course show. Um, and that could be from last episode. Uh, there was one about starting, you know, if I was going to start in 2023, what would I do? I'll put that in the show notes as well. It's a, a lot of resources for you. Our show notes are always chock full of links and resources and books and podcasts. Um, some of the research that you would have to do on your own, I put it in the show notes. So please take a look at that. Along with the show notes, um, in July, um, the second or third week of July, I believe it's July 16th, I'm launching a course on adding uh, or using assistance, automation, and AI for your private practice. It's going to be heavy on the assistance. And then I'm going to do do some tutorials on how I'm using AI to increase my productivity. It's going to be great. It's nine modules. Uh, so take a, take a look at that. There'll be a link to the, the teachable site there uh, for the course. There's also a link for David's course on profitable online courses. And then I also have a service for leading you through the steps of developing an online course. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, just wanted to be a resource for you. Uh, there's a lot of tips in this episode from David and he, as he shares his experience on and his journey on from where he started with creating online courses. I know you're going to enjoy it. So strap in and listen to the show. Welcome to the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is James Marland with Dr. David Hall. Hello, David. Hey, James. Glad to see you this week. Uh, our topic this week is going to be adding a professional consulting service to scale your business. Um, but first, we're going to talk about our tool, tip or tech of the week. I'll go first. Uh, I am going to talk about Kajabi. Uh, Kajabi is an online platform that does all-in-one courses, websites, marketing, podcasting, and uh, they have a community service where you, that's like not Facebook, but it's their own community. So they have a lot of things. Recently, I, I bumped into something. They're always adding something new. And I bumped into this uh, course outline generator. So you put in your topic and it will give you a curriculum. But they added to it recently where you can put in your topic and it will write an email for you, or you can put mm -hmm. in your topic and it will write a landing page for you. Or if you just want a focused lesson on one thing, you can put in your topic and it'll give you a lesson. So they added three things to this Kajabi AI creator tools. Uh, it's pretty neat because writing, writing content and like writing emails is one of the more difficult things I've found to do and I love having these ideas to shape and mold into my own words to bring it to to people but I don't have the the white page to look at so mm -hmm. yes yes David another online tool another AI tool uh, 
Uh, I'm in is... the course. I'm in the creator side, uh, creating courses and creating content and outlines all the time. So I love. I really love services like that. That that really, uh, my it 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 makes one of my weaknesses not quite as much of a weakness. So it's really cool to find these things. What's the weakness? Uh, re-editing, re-editing. Um, I, I like to find the right word. So I'll go to like lots of the sources and things, but, um, just, uh, being sometimes you either write too little or write too much. And so it can either fill in some of the gaps or I can tell AI to shorten, you know, I wrote this thing, shorten it for me or make it concise. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, um, clickable titles like i i really think there's a skill uh in writing titles and things that people actually want to read and mm. ai will generate 10 10 things for me to look at and then i'll be like oh i like this and this and put it together so mm -hmm. i think uh, just the the sheer amount of things you can create in a short amount of time and then pick the best is mm -hmm. it, it shortens the time of creation and that works for I mean, it works for emails and courses and video posts and blogs for sure. You know, the, all the ideas for blogs um, mm -hmm. has been very helpful. I even, I'm, I made a, a mini course on uh, nine ways to use AI. If you go to my webpage, mm -hmm. you can find that course. I'll put it in the show notes, but it just does so much for you. And so this Kajabi tool was, was one more way to make to take some of the pain out of the things that might be difficult because the ideas are there. You know, a lot mm. of people who are creating courses or blogs, they have the ideas. It's just the generation of mm. some of the, the, the outline, like, oh, I need an outline for this or what's a, what's a introduction for my, for my course or my blog on this. Oh, okay, great. I'll must take that and use it. So I use a different one. I use teachable. Which, as far as I know, they've they've been rolling out different features this week, and I'm beginning emails, but I don't know if they're quite if they're doing that yet, where they're giving me a robot brain to work with. But this is related though to something that that they do, and it's one of the the main features. I there are lots of things I love about Teachable, but it it a lot of people, myself included, host courses on it, and that's what it was initially designed to do. But a feature they rolled out in recent years that I think is a whole different dimension for people is uh they call it coaching but basically it, it's a way to sell coaching slash consulting services as a more premium add-on to your courses or and this is where i think a lot of i encourage people to do it before you you have an idea for how some of your knowledge is valuable but you haven't written a course yet or you may not even necessarily know what the course should be you just know i have this knowledge and it's valuable to other people Selling that through a coaching package, as they would say. So basically, it allows you to sell your knowledge and it gives you a platform to do that before you have a course. And that's where when I'm uh, talking with people and they have an idea, I really encourage them to get a pro. basically just get a landing page up, get a sales page. Don't try to write this whole course. Right. Because oftentimes people try to write a course before they've really tested the material. And I really want to encourage like people not to do that. <laughs> and so how to, um, to really see what's going to work and, and, but it gives you something to sell right away. 
So if, if somebody quits their, you know, their job this week, they found me, they want to come talk with me about what they can do. And, you know, there's something that's identifiable for them about their knowledge that could be valuable. And they, they have this idea, maybe I should do a course. I would say, put it out as a, as a consulting slash coaching package first, because you can monetize it more quickly and you can test material. And that's a good segue for what we're going to talk about today um, of professional consulting. And we want to delineate here between, because we initially were talking about this episode as coaching consulting, but you know that will probably be a different episode because in, in the therapy space, oftentimes when coaching is talked about, it's two clients. It's it's a it's another service to clients or it's in the life coaching sort of thing. And what we're going to talk about today is specifically in the space of consulting for other professionals. Uh, it's a sharing knowledge or skill set with other people as as they're trying to build as professionals, and which is something. Uh, I've done. And so we're going to talk about that. All right. So let's move to our topic, adding a professional counsel consulting service to your practice. Uh, I see my, my introduction with this is people uh, come to me and they, they, they're talking about courses or things they know. And one of the things that they inevitably bring up is I'm good at this one thing. And people keep asking me how to do it. And I'm good at organizing my office, or I'm good at hiring people, or I'm good at uh, maintaining people, or filling filling the filling my therapist with clients. And people keep asking me, "How do I do this? How do I do this?" So that's one one of my introduction with this. Uh, but you do, David, you do it uh, for a profession, or that's a service that you offer. You've added it to your services. Mm -hmm. So how did you get started with that? In truth, I did it for free, I guess, for a lot of years. Mm. People would just ask me, they would see certain things I was doing. Um, early on, it was things like creating CE events mm -hmm. and uh, growing a caseload. Even before I was a group practice owner, um, I was, I knew about marketing and people would ask me about it. And we would, sometimes it was just coworkers. They'd be like, hey, can I get you a cup of coffee? And we talk about, X. Mm -hmm. And so it, it started that way. And then the realizing I had a knowledge base, I initially went to create trainings and courses. It was, I did live seminars and eventually put things online. And paid consulting came later because I would have people that would reach out to me and say, I don't want to buy a course. Can I just pay you? And to download this with me, I've, I've made some exceptions for it. I've, I've, Oftentimes, my my issue with that was is oftentimes people I would I would charge too little, mm -hmm. and I, I I came to the conclusion that like I definitely cannot make my one on one time cheaper or even the same price to the course I've already written. It's got to be a and I had somebody once who said I don't I don't want to take another course. Can I just you know what's an hour of your time? And I initially answered just what my therapy hour was, and I regretted doing that. And then someone because it was too cheap. Um, and then later it became, well, I've got to really price myself above this. And I had somebody ask same thing. And I said, well, this, what is, she said, oh, that's really expensive. I go, we'll take the course. Uh, yes. And, and, and I've also become, um, if I have a course on something and people, you know, want to talk about it, I've gotten to the point now where I've gotten pretty restrictive 
uh, that they have to take the course first because it, it's, it ends up being a waste of my time because they end up, I end up answering questions that I spent a whole course answering. And if you take the course and still have questions, awesome. Happy to talk about that. But it becomes, you know, a lot of parents will experience this, you know, that they'll, they'll tell their kids, you know, something or they'll write it down for them. And then the kid asks, well, what's, what time are you getting home? Like, oh, if you read my text message, we wouldn't be having this conversation or whatever it is. And so um, the other thing, so it's for people that have already done a training with me and they want to go deeper, I, I offer it. Or, and this was a more recent one, somebody who was looking at my my course on how to put together online trainings. And she did a webinar with me. She looked at the course. She reached out. She said, you know, here's where I'm in my journey. And basically a lot of what I taught in the course she was already doing. So she was trying to figure out something a bit more specific. And she, she said this, I feel like this course is for more of an intermediate or beginner person on this journey. It, it wasn't conceded at all, but she goes, I feel like I'm, I'm in a more sure. advanced place. Can I do? But she was also very understanding for my rate. And so, so that's what, how I got into it, which just was, I, I, there were things I knew that realized people valued. And so I, this was a different way outside of courses to um, monetize my knowledge. So for somebody who's thinking about getting started, what, what is involved? Like, what do you, what, what are the things that you do in the consulting uh, session? Well, first you got to decide, I guess, what you're going to consult about. Um, I, mm. I, when I've seen people put this out into the world, um, there are a few issues I see come up. One is they're too bland in their pitch. It just kind of, it's too general. And going for the masses, like come yeah, to and, me, and, I do consulting. Yeah, it, it, but that won't reach it. That won't reach your preferred client. Yeah, it, it's the what do you what do you have credibility to talk about? What do people trust you in? I I've got so many you know professional coaches, consultants that reach out to me on LinkedIn on a pretty regular basis, and I know I'm in an automatic funnel because of mm -hmm. how they address it, and it's the. And it's like, hey, I, I, I'm here to, it's all the buzz language. I'm here to help maximize your productivity, you know, 10X your profitability, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And it's just, and the question when I look at these people is like, well, what do you know that's going to be helpful for me? And so you've got to identify like, what is it that you know that will be helpful? And if you, and you may not know something like, I, I don't think everybody should be a consultant. Just because you like the idea of consulting, unless you have a knowledge base or skill base that is of specific value to people, then you're probably not ready to do consulting. <laughs> that that may sound harsh, but I, I have talked to people that if, that they've sought consulting with me to be a consultant. But when I kind of look through their, you know, their skill set and their knowledge base, it, they don't really have a very compelling offer. Uh, this is what. So the, uh, the first thing is to narrow down what you're doing yeah. and what you're offering. What are you bringing to the table? Yeah. And it, it, it's probably not everything to every person. It's I bring this skill set, this, this shortcut, this talent stack to the table, and I can teach you how to do that or improve what you already have. Yeah. And so it's just a different mindset. And you also got to figure out 
okay, if you identify that, who's your audience for that? Mm -hmm. How do you connect with them? And that's about kind of, and then how do they hear about you? Uh, and that also affects your price point. For example. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, there's several things I've traditionally consulted on. And one of the things that I will on occasion talk about is uh, new therapist career development. It's it's a passion Mm -hmm. topic of mine because for the most part, uh, grad school experiences for training therapists, even if it's a really rich grad school experience, doesn't teach you a lot about not just business, but like truly understanding your options career-wise. And so I have material I've put out on how to navigate kind of new therapist career things. I have a course on it, but my course on that is one of my least expensive courses because my core audience is new career therapists. And it's not these aren't necessarily well-established, wealthy individuals. These are people who are in their first jobs out of grad school or trying to find their first jobs out of grad school or don't even have jobs. They're still in grad school. So I can't charge my consulting rate that I charge for pretty established private practice professionals. That's just not realistic. Um, and so who's this for? If, if, if your target demographic is young therapist, trying to develop new side hustles they they can pay something very different versus mid to later career therapists who are you know already in the entrepreneurial space and they're trying to grow something new Mm -hmm. uh so um what are the what are the pros i guess of starting a, a scaling service this service to scale your business and what are the cons like what what are the when when somebody's thinking about adding this you know they they write out the list what are the pros of doing it what are the cons what what would you say are the pros and cons um we'll start with the pros you can charge a lot depending on what your knowledge base is and who's it for you can charge very differently um Mm. I i know some people who for their psychotherapy services charge quite a bit I came across, I think, the most expensive therapist fairly recently. We're recording this in in February 2023. And it was, I, I was just online and ended up on somebody's practice. Well, anyway, they were $350 an hour for their, their therapy. Yeah. That's significant. Now, expensive part of the world, expensive, but that is, uh, I am, I recently raised my counseling rate to, uh, 172 a session. Um, but I charge at the time of this recording, if, if I agree to do consulting with somebody, it's, it's 275 an hour. Uh, I, I couldn't very easily get away with that for a therapy price. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in would your be, area, in my area, yeah. that would, that would be quite something. And so did you build I, up to that rate? I mean, Oh, you know, it was an exclusionary. What's that? It, for my consulting or my therapy? Consulting. No, that was an exclusionary rate. Uh, uh, I didn't build up. Like initially, I charged people the same of what my counseling rate yeah, was. Yeah, your therapy hour. Yeah. And But then I realized that wasn't as exclusionary as I needed it to be. Mm-hmm. No, I was trying to price myself out. And it's amazing <laughs> when you learn how people will. Because 
it's it's just this funny thing. I do consulting, but I don't. I'm not trying to do. I'm not trying to do that much consulting. But um, but if you're trying to build up, you you figure out. You just start guessing where to price it. Um, and the similar to in pricing for an, some other learning experience like a course, you think about what's the transformation I'm offering people through the consulting. And if I'm right. helping people understand how to fill up a caseload, mm-hmm. what is that worth? And so you can figure out like, okay, if, if a person is running at about 60 to 70% capacity and they want to be at 100% capacity in their uh, their caseload, what is that worth? And that gives you, a, and how much, how many hours do you need with this person to get them there? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of a place to start in considering how do I think about pricing? So you can charge more. That's a pro. Are there other pros? Um, it takes a different emotional energy for the most part. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, um, I, I'm pretty well rhythmed as a therapist and being able to sit with my clients and not be too overwhelmed. But it is, you know, people are coming in for psychotherapy with me because they're distressed. And it's it's not as as emotional often to do consulting. Yeah, I once uh, I once volunteered at a physical rehab center after working, you know, 15 years in mental health at the time or maybe a little more. And the waiting room was different. It, it was just a different feel, an emotional feel in the waiting room because where we were. For therapy, you know, all these people come in and they were sort of solemn or not super um, talkative. And you went to the, I, I was just in the waiting room greeting people at the rehab center. And there was just a different friendly feel. There's just a different emotional energy, even though their bodies had something broken or wrong, or there's something wrong with a foot or back or some sort of physical pain. The the pain was not emotional per se, and there was just a different feel of the office. Both people were like rehabbing things. One was rehabbing the emotions, one was rehabbing the body, but there is an emotional pain for um, the, mm-hmm. the, the work that a therapist does day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so it, it's, it can be less emotionally taxing. You can charge more for it. Um, it's a good, you know, if you're still doing psychotherapy, it's a good thing to kind of mix into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it can facilitate, you can often market it in a wider geographic area. You're not bound by mm-hmm. state licensure. Mm-hmm. I can I can consult with anybody anywhere. I can only do psychotherapy in states where I'm licensed, um, telehealth or otherwise. Um, when, if you're doing consulting with organizations, um, that can also lead to other relationships that can, you can you can build on consulting like if you 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 have to be very careful what you're selling to your therapy clients if you if you're doing it ethically so if you're if they're coming to you for therapy you can't be upselling them all the time oh yeah on but if you're consulting with somebody and they like what you know later you create a course or later you create a membership or later you you know they may be great for that mm-hmm. um and so it's just it's just building a different business and it it works different parts of you emotionally mentally all that yeah i had a i had a friend who did business consulting and she uh they would call her back for different things or if they had a a different you know a new group setting on like it was it was not it was a a way to generate more business with the same person using either a different course Mm -hmm. or a different style 
mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, I have a new course on there, the, you know, a team building course or uh, a decision-making course or, you know, different mm-hmm. things for that, that she could pitch to the pitch to the business without the ethical, you know, violations of upselling or yeah, yeah. convincing yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> convincing the the client you have a new problem let me give you my new course that that doesn't yeah. sound ethical yeah yeah no it is and and it's not that you can't sell things to clients but you have to really there there's i have a mini course on this of thinking through what are the ethical limitations and and how to keep those boundaries well cool so those are some of the big pros any cons the, oh yeah. yeah of course there's con there's cons to everything um if as we talk about scaling, you know, cause that's what this podcast is about. It doesn't scale like, you know, it, it scales in the sense of you're consulting with larger and larger groups and, but mm-hmm. one-on-one consulting, it's very similar to therapy and like you're giving up time for money. You may be, you know, you, you're maybe scaling cause you can get more money for your time. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are, are getting into are tuning into something like what we're offering James because they're trying to work less, work mm-hmm. fewer hours and consulting doesn't necessarily give you an opportunity to work fewer hours necessarily. I mean, it does in the sense of if you're charging twice your therapy rate and right. then it becomes, but it, it's, you're still having to trade time. Um, you've got to find people that, that want it. And that's the, depending on what your, um, talking with people about so for me for example you know the the two things i've consulted the most on is people looking to create continuing education Mm -hmm. trainings and people looking to grow group counseling psychotherapy practices and so i have let's say i'm offering consulting services for those two topics and i'm also offering you know my psychotherapy services that I do around anxiety and career counseling and relationships and the things I do. The amount of people finding somebody who's wanting help in managing their anxiety or their relationship communication or things like that, that's a, that's a much broader audience. Mm-hmm. You know, looking for a therapist wanting to create continuing education events, there aren't as many of those. Yeah. And I've, I've got to, you know, figure out how am I going to connect with my potential customer mm. and oftentimes for consulting that's a that's a harder person to reach because there are fewer of them yeah and so the question is, is if i i have not <laughs> i've not taken on new counseling clients in quite some time uh i still get asked but i know that if i were to open up my schedule if i were to open my schedule if i were to mark myself on my website like i'm taking new clients i could i could within a few weeks i could probably add another you know, 15 to 20 people to my caseload. Uh, I would be hard pressed to get that many consulting clients that quickly. In a week and, or two, yeah. In a week or two. And that's with, I have a pretty substantial email list and that's, you know, I could, I could maybe get it, but if definitely if I didn't have my email list and I was just, you know, you throwing just, things out to the world. Yeah. You just started a web page. come yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be a much slower process. Cause, and it's just, so finding your customers, you're still trading time for money. Um, yeah, it, it, those, those would be some of the biggest cons. And, and, you know, sometimes you're not a good fit. 
and I'll, I'll give an example for this. This is, uh, this isn't diminishing anybody or I don't mean it to be. And so I'll, I'll, I'll withhold names. So I had a friend colleague of mine who I knew from graduate school reach out to me the other year. And she is a, a LPC in, well, I won't get into details, but she'll, she's, she's an LPC in, uh, the Southeastern United States in a, in a, you know, and runs a pretty prominent group practice. And she was really struggling with aspects of her group practice because she was having issues with retention for her therapist. Mm -hmm. And so she was talking, she was asking me about some prominent people in the therapist consulting spaces that offered courses or not just courses, but, but consulting coaching sure. on group, group practice management. Well, I got into her practice and I realized that she had this incredible reimbursement rate from her main insurance providers. And her fairly modest sized practice was generating multiple millions of dollars a year. And I knew enough about the people that she was considering for uh, coaching, consulting mm -hmm. for group practice. And I told her, I said, I, I wouldn't talk to these people i go you're running a bigger practice than they've ever seen mm. for for size and income and things like that like if if they if if their practices were generating a fourth of the income yours was in a in a year i'll eat my shoes mm. what i told her mm -hmm. and so i bring that up because you you've got to be willing if if i had somebody in that situation she's she had a practice that was bringing far more money than i was and so she had reached out to me for consulting I, I was talking with her just as a friend, but if she offered to pay me to consult, I would feel I would need to be disclosive to her. Be like, here, I may be able to help you with some of these problems, but but you need to know that, like this is where I'm coming from. And there is this aspect of a consultant. You can you can do therapy. You know, I was a couples therapist, a marriage therapist before I was had been in a, in a committed relationship before I was married. Mm -hmm. Because I studied the science of relationships and I, I could, I felt I could speak to that. There's a credibility gap in consulting that unless you've walked a walk, it's really hard to put yourself out there as a consultant, mm -hmm. I think. Um, some people may disagree with that, but it's, you know, um, I, I wouldn't pay for a consultant for somebody who had not done it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's one of the things I find a turnoff about uh, people that you know, reach out on LinkedIn, you know, I help you. If, if you, the main way you make money is to tell other people how to make money and you've not run a successful independent business outside of, you know, this, I, I don't trust you. Sure. You, so, you, you may have good knowledge, but I don't, I don't trust it. So that kind of speaks to who would make a good fit for this type, adding this service and who wouldn't, do you have any sense of who would be a good yeah, fit for this? It, it depends again it depends on what you're what you are consulting about and do you have credibility to talk about that so an early career therapist can have very niche knowledge you know i was only licensed for a few years i i was licensed for a year when i started my continuing education business and within just a few months of doing that I already knew more than the average person about continuing education business. So even though I wasn't as seasoned of a clinician, I still, my knowledge base and what I had to offer was still more than average 
-hmm. And I feel I could have with credibility offered consulting for that. Um, when I was newly licensed or even fresh out of school and I was learning about different career options, there were, there were things like if I was offering consulting for graduate students in navigating the job market, I could have done that pretty early in my career because I, I had just navigated that myself mm -hmm. and learned things. But if you had asked me as a newly licensed therapist, when I was still working for a group practice, how to start and manage and grow a group psychotherapy practice. Dude, I, I would not have, it, I would have not have been a good consultant for that. Well, like you, you had to take some lumps along the way. Sure. To, to build up to the whip place where you can be managing, you know, yeah. a dozen people or more. Um, yeah, so you have to, you have to figure out what's the credibility that I have to, to know and, and to share. And, and so as far as who is, you know, is a good person is, do you have, what is your knowledge base? And you've got to decide like, if it's, if it's a reasonable enough knowledge base, I've, one of the things, you know, I talked about the issue of people being too broad. I also have seen people that are way too niched mm. that they're trying to speak to an audience that's too small for them to be able to connect with, or they're trying to, um, you know, I, um, I've had this issue come up with people offering continuing education or they want to partner with me for a continuing education event. Um, and they have a topic idea that they want to teach. I've, I've had to push back on people sometimes and be like, oh, that's too, I, I don't know how to sell that. Right. You know, you're, you're, you know, it's, it's a very, you want to teach on a very niche psychotherapy theory that speaks to a very niche group and to, and, and I'm, I've, I believe in niches. We've no, done, I, we we've talked about niches continually. Already. Like I, I absolutely believe in niches, but and I I believe in getting pretty focused in your niche. But there is such a thing as too focused. And but that that's probably where a little one of the one of the things that you have to do is a little bit of market research. Yeah, you just can't go on. I think, you know, I hope I hope people will buy this. Um, I mm -hmm. in in my course I have. Uh, eight questions about you, you, you ask people if they would do a little interview with you. And then you ask them these eight questions. And if you get over a certain amount of people at the end that say, yeah, I think I might want to take this course. And that gives you a good indication of, um, that you're, you're on the right path. Uh, the, the book, the, the book that I got that from was uh, ultimate course formula from a man, a guy. Uh, I really love that market, knowing very little about market research, those eight questions really helped me be comfortable talking about the topic and then getting data back from people. So then I could create what people are looking for, but also have a, a list of people who could give me more feedback. It's just yep. that market research piece is one of the missing pieces, I think, when people want to start a new a new service or a new course or a new offering. They just, they, they base it on hope and trial and error. Mm -hmm. uh, finding what people want and then providing it for them is a key in the, the key uh, step in any service offering. Well, it's, you've got to think about what are the problems that are people yeah. actually have and are willing to spend resources to solve. So yeah, I'll, why I'll, would people want to spend money on, this like what problem are you solving for them or what what yeah. transformation are you giving for them 
It's yeah, and unless you're offering that, then it it's just a vanity thing. And, you know, does anyone care? And now I'll give an example, and this can shift. So something I do less consulting on that I used to do more, and I've had, I have a course on it, is on how to market and grow your therapy practice, basically how to connect clients with you mm -hmm. or people that work with you. I started doing this. For me, this came out of a place of I was in group therapy practice where I was responsible for my own caseload, more or less, in the 2008-2009 recession. And it was really hard to build up a therapy caseload, and I had to really learn a lot. And there weren't a lot of resources available. There was uh, uh, Casey Trufo's Be a Wealthy Therapist, which had come out like a year or two before, and Lynn Krasinski, I think is her name, um, had written a book, a few, but there wasn't much out on on that topic. And so I got what books were available. I did my own trial and error. I learned things. And then a few years later, around 2012, 2013, I began teaching a course on how to market and grow a practice. And that was a pretty successful course. I don't really sell it much now. And one of the reasons is, is at the time of recording, you know, 10 years on 2023, therapy is, I don't know a lot of therapists that are really struggling to get clients. There's, there's a big demand for therapy. It's something that more people are willing to invest in. Um, easier access with online. There's easier access. There's, yeah. yeah. And I don't, it's not a problem that people are trying to solve in the same way. It's not that it's never a problem for anybody. But the biggest thing I use the course for now is it's part of my internal HR. When client, when I hire clinicians, I have this course recorded mm -hmm. and I, I give it to new clinicians so, and help them develop a personalized marketing plan with it. Uh, but I'm not doing, people can still buy it, but I'm not doing a lot of outside selling for it. And I, I don't think I could do a lot of consulting on that right now because it's not a pain point for a lot of people. I don't want to say anybody, but compared to 10 years ago, it wasn't, it wasn't a pain point. It's not a pain point that people are going to spend a lot of money to solve. Well, I think the pain point now is like, how do I build my website so people find me? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so you've got to think, like, unless you speak to a pain point, no one's going to spend money. So that's, that's uh, you know, how, how do people make money on this then? You know, you got to have, you got to solve their problem, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, solve a problem, give them a transformation, give them a shortcut to something that is meaningful to them, that saves them time and money, or there's a return on their investment, you know, just the... Mm -hmm. How do how do I fill up my caseload? The invest the return on investment it might take a couple hundred dollars for that, but it provides benefits for sure. weeks and months and years down the line. So what what could to make money? You have to figure out what what do people want that will solve the problem, and then charge charge something that is probably more than your regular rate. Sure, but it, it's the you got to do, and you, ha and I think the same thing with putting together courses, you got to test stuff. Your first mm -hmm. idea may not work. You may have all the reasons to think it will work, but it may not. And, you know, sometimes you have to put some things out into the world a few times to, um, to figure that out. So, um, do you want to say before we wrap up, do you want to say anything about how to market and sell? Do you have a, a tip on marketing? 
go on podcast. Doing a that, podcast. That's, well, that's not a bad thing. David. Yeah, it is. It, it's the um. So Jock Hopkins, someone we talk about a lot. Uh, online course like every guy. episode. But go ahead. Sure. Well, I, it's he had a new episode drop this morning. I saw him way into work, and so I'm I'm looking forward to listening to it. But uh, his, his suggestion is, and that you know, and he would say this for growing an online course, but I would say the same thing growing consulting. Um, you build your credibility and audience by you know, finding a way to get out into the world. And the mm -hmm. three ways that he recommends, which I would concur with, there may be some other things too, is blog, either either yeah. have a blog, have a podcast, um, or do a YouTube channel. Yeah. And, or some combination of that. But, um, you know, James Clear, the author of uh, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits, yeah. Yeah. He, his way of, developing an audience and, and getting his stuff in the world is he just started blogging and he committed to publishing something once a week and i interviewed daniel fava and that's kind of how he started with uh, private practice elevation he started out with blogging and giving tips and trying to get some freelance services and it developed into courses and consulting and full service type stuff I mean, that's how, that's how he got his audience. It, it's yeah. a pretty cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what's your one thing for this episode? Okay. I'm trying so, to think of what mine is. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go to, uh, solve a problem. You know, my oh, one that was, thing. that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. It's always a, a it's always a risk when you ask the other guy to go first. It's true, it's true. They might yeah, take yours. That's true. That's true. I'll think of another one. But yeah, uh, okay. Solve so a problem. solve a problem. Solve a problem will be mine because people, as I found as I develop courses for people and make online content, people don't care how many videos you have or how long it is or you know is it in four K or mm -hmm. uh, they they just don't care. They don't care how long it took you to make it. I don't care how much, how many books you read or your degrees or anything. They, they just don't care. They, they want a transformation. They want a shortcut. They want you to solve their problem. So focus on solving their problem. Focus on what you bring to the table and maximize, maximize that. So that's my yeah. one thing. That's a good one thing. My one thing is, <laughs> I one thing is, if, and this is a kind of a personal sort of thing is as I've kind of talked about, like, you know, even though I do consulting, I've been kind of poo-pooing it this episode because I don't do a lot and it's I, I try to keep myself out of it. I like doing a little, but it's not what I'm trying to do all the time. But if I was starting um, my entrepreneurial journey mm -hmm. from scratch, I would not do a course first. Okay. I would offer consulting because if I, you know, I, I, you know, got into courses. I've been doing courses for over a decade at this point. And so for me, I've, I was able to test things and do things differently in that way. But if I was starting today, I wouldn't do a course because if I was starting today without an audience, without um, a lot of teaching experience, I wouldn't necessarily know what is the thing I should be teaching on. Mm. And I could spend a lot of time developing products that no one cares about. And it's, and, and, there's the launch time to get it pulled together, but I could put together, if I was starting today, I would, you know, put up a teachable site, add some coaching packages in the, in that, uh, of things I thought that would be there and then start putting on the world in some way, either starting a YouTube channel, blogging, mm -hmm. guest blogging with, a, you know, whatever it is. So, 
Um, that's that's my one thing. Is great. If I would start there before a course. Okay. Well, it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, David. Thank you, James. This is James Marland with Dr. David Hall. Thanks for listening to the Scaling Therapy Practice. We'll see you next time. Psych Maven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. P-S-Y-C-H-M-A-V-E-N dot com. Have fun with it. Thank you for listening to the Scaling Therapy Practice. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to remind you that the content shared today is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Opinions given should not be considered as legal or tax advice. If you need a professional advice in those areas, please consult with a licensed attorney or accountant but thank you so much for listening the scaling therapy practice is part of the scicraft network